Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Shrekvine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Today, we got a fully loaded show for you guys Plenty of draft visits. Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin spoke at the annual league meetings. We got plenty of news from there. And on top of that, somebody dropped their third mock draft of the year. And I'm not going to say that it's perfect, but I'm pretty convinced that it is perfect. It's my first mock draft that I got to say, and we'll dive into this later, but it's my first mock draft that I put on Twitter that I didn't get totally blasted for. So I feel, uh, I feel really good about it. It's a beautiful day out here in the Berg. It was a beautiful day yesterday out here in the Berg. Beautiful, beautiful week. It's a beautiful week. Yeah. Uh, feeling good. Yeah, we got a lot of draft talk going on. At, right as soon as we're done with this, I'm walking over to the, the practice facility in the south side to maybe check out some more future Steelers at, at Pitts Pro Day later. So it is a is a fully loaded draft Wednesday. It today. is a fully loaded draft Wednesday. Everybody knows Kalijah Cansey, but if there's another guy that you're very intrigued to see at Pitt, who is it? I think Carter Warren. Um, yeah. You know, he's talking about a position change. He didn't run at the uh, at the combine, so we're waiting to see kind of what his what his numbers look like and stuff like that. But he's he's a talented player at Pitt. You know, he he got hurt halfway through the year, so I'm just interested to see how he what he looks like and talk to him and see who he's been he's been meeting with and where where he kind of falls because he's played left tackle for his entire career at Pitt and they're talking about moving him to guard, maybe moving him across the line to right tackle. It's an interesting thing. Um, and another guy that the Steelers could be looking if they want a pure left tackle, they've, they got, they could get a project in Carter Warren. Yeah. At one point I had Carter Warren as their like fourth or fifth. Uh, they don't have a fifth, but I, they might've been trading back in. I don't remember, but he was a later round pick for the Steelers. I had, I still think it's out there. I did a PFF or PFN simulator the other day. And he was not available in the fourth round. And I was like, oh, okay, Carter Warren moving up draft boards, I guess, mm-hmm. according to the simulator. And as we all know, the world's a simulation. So the Matrix doesn't get it wrong. Good for Carter Warren. Uh, very excited to see that. Excited to uh, hear about Izzy. I think he's a guy yes. that I think could could climb late. And then some guys that didn't get invites to the uh, combine. I think Jared Wayne is going gonna, is gonna to make some noise in the NFL. I'm a, oh, yeah. I'm a big Jared Wayne guy. So excited to see him as well. Let's talk Pittsburgh Steelers. 
We'll get into the mock draft. We'll get into all the draft nuggets that we have. But first, the I think the biggest news out of Mike Tomlin, at least, is that Patrick Peterson, well, he's going to do it all. The Steelers have plans for him. There have already been conversations where he will play safety. He's looking to mentor the young guys. I think those are two separate conversations, but both very significant for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's talk about safety first. Tomlin said Patrick Peterson will move back to safety. Not, not full-time. It was very interpreted usage i guess do you think it it'll be significant use at safety or do you just look at it and say yeah like he's an option but he's a corner i see it more as an option um they need corners more than they need safeties quite frankly and i think it also you know depends on what they do in the draft but yeah i feel like they're more likely to draft a corner than they are safety so i i guess that would be arguing the other way but so i think i think peterson has played corner more recently i feel like that's where his his best work has come recently i I don't know i'm i see it as much more of a he's an option if we need him but we're planning on using him as a corner um yeah i think they're much thinner there um and i think they'll need him to kind of be a full-time number one corner quite frankly and i don't think taking him out of out of that position really helps them very much yeah i i agree and i think that afterwards he said that the team will still add a safety. So in my mind, my first thought went, yeah, Patrick Peterson's a good option to have at safety, and he's a good option to move back there from time to time. But if you're going to add another safety, whether it's in free agency or the NFL draft, you have a a fully loaded room at this point. Like You have three safeties that are full-time safeties. You don't utilize four safeties almost ever. I could see it being a, if somebody goes down, I get DeMonte KZ dealt with a big injury last year. Or Minka Fitzpatrick is a complete warrior, but he's got his issues from time to time. You never know who who's going to go down at any given moment. If Peterson's available, I could see him moving back there, but I have a hard time saying that they're going to draft somebody unless they draft somebody late. Like if they use a, a fourth round pick or even a seventh round pick on a safety, I could see them then using Patrick Peterson more in a safety role and possibly adding two corners in the draft and then, you know, allowing them to play on the outside more. But if it's already a loaded safety room, I have a hard time saying that they're going to come out here and Patrick Peterson's going to start at strong safety next to Minka Fitzpatrick. Do you think that it does affect their draft? Like Mike Tomlin said, they'll add another safety, but Patrick Peterson will also play a little bit of safety. Do you think that was a sign that maybe the position is lower on their draft board than we anticipated? Or do you just think that was just, you know, two different situations and it doesn't really change anything. I do think safety is kind of lower on their draft board. I think a lot of people were talking about um, and opting for that pick at 17, but that seems less likely now. I think, uh, I think they are more comfortable with their versatility at safety. Now, like you said, it's a loaded room. And then if Peterson can jump in and play at that spot too, that's, that's a much more loaded room than you already thought. So, I don't really see the need for a safety anymore. I think that's, I guess what I took away more is that in an emergency, they are not, they don't, they don't feel desperate to, they don't feel desperate to cover that base too. You know, they, they felt like they, they addressed an emergency need with Patrick Peterson. And now they're saying, look, corner was always our, our kind of top thing. We were happy to be able to just focus on that in the draft right now. So I'm going to toss a name out there and I'm just, you know, triple checking here to make sure that he's still on the, the board, but a name that I think is the only guy left in free agency, the one that 
I view as just if you're not going to sign this guy, there's no point in signing anybody else because everybody else is just an aging veteran that, you know, you might as well just go get somebody in the draft. Unless you're unless you're like dead set, we're winning the Super Bowl this year. Nah, I just have a hard time viewing that. John Johnson, the third played for Cleveland last year. He's still only like 26, 27 years old. He's a young dude. Still on the market somehow. Don't know why he's still on the market. He seems to be the only big safety that's still available. I mean, I've tossed him out there before. I think at this point, it is it has been confirmed or it has been confirmed that they are looking to add another safety if they do go free agency. Do you do you think there's even a chance or you think you know there's no way that they could go make a splash on John Johnson third? I don't know. I I, I think we've mentioned this in the last podcast but i think they are kind of done making their splashes in free agency like anything else they do is going to be kind of on the periphery it's going to be depth moves it's not going to be no one who's going to play you know uh, barring major injuries no one who's going to play a significant number of snaps so i i I don't really think so um i think they would rather just i think if they're going to go for a safety they'd jump at someone in the draft rather and try to build because that's the thing they've got a ton of veterans i feel like in that safety room not a ton of young depth right there and i feel like they would rather not look for a project but look for someone that they can develop a little someone who might be more in their long-term plans than you know a rental or a you know a a one or two year guy yeah yeah and and i don't think i think at this point like john jones is probably hoping for the bag didn't get the bag probably looking for a one-year deal now prove it deal so he can come back next year at 28 years old I, i mean he's coming out of 101 tackles he played a lot of nickel He's an intriguing name, but I agree with you. I think that they'd go draft. I think that they wanted Trey Norwood to turn into something. He didn't turn into anything, so now they're looking for a new Trey Norwood, a, a better Trey Norwood, but somebody that they could look at and say, even if this guy is not a superstar today, he could play, and then next year, maybe two years from now, he could play a little bit more. I dropped that in my mock draft, which, again, we'll get to in a little while, but I do have them filling that need. There are plenty of other draft nuggets. They're out there just literally spewing their guts about the draft in the last week. This is just from Monday. The things that have happened. Josh Downs had his pro day out at North Carolina, and apparently somebody there from the Steelers who wasn't Mike Tomlin and it wasn't Omar Khan. They're both at the league meetings, but somebody told him that they had, he had the cleanest workout they have ever seen ever. The cleanest workout that they have ever seen. At the same time, they're bringing Emmanuel Forbes and Tyreek Stevenson in for pre-draft visits. Huge. And they brought wide receiver Jonathan Mingo in on the same day that Omar Khan said that they will that they are still looking to add, quote-unquote, their style of slot wide receiver. Mingo's 6'2", 220 pounds. He played, he played a little bit of tight end from here, here, or here and there at Ole Miss. Let's start with... Let's start with the wide receivers. Josh Downs, craziest evaluation of all time, apparently. Jonathan Mingo comes in here. Two very different sides of the coin. And then Omar Khan says that they're looking for a slot wide receiver. Do you think that they are sticking to their guns and looking for the next Juju Smith-Schuster, the next Chase Claypool, the guys that they tried to work into the slot, the big body guys who just didn't seem to work out? Or are they just saying... And we'll we'll test the waters and you think there's a better opportunity for them to find maybe another Calvin Austin type player to fit with him. Well, if the, if the two sides of the coin are a Juju type of player versus a Calvin Austin type of player, I'm looking for a Calvin type of player. 
another yeah. guy like that. I get that you have one, but look, these big bodied slot receivers, I don't I'm not I'm convinced this team needs more speed than they do size. I feel like they have some size. I'm looking for speed. Josh Downs, I think, would be a great fit. I kind of hadn't seen him. I, you, you know, you have him in your mock draft, got, you know, a little sneak preview, but you have him going in the first round of, or I guess technically the second round, pick 32 in your mock draft. And that was a little higher than I thought he might go. I thought there were other guys, like that was Jordan Addison territory. That's, I don't yeah. know if that's Zay Flowers territory. To some Zay, people. Yeah. Um, but like, those are guys that I'd look for as well. Like that's kind of the same kind of player, the same caliber of player too. I, I love Josh Downs. Um, I watched him play a lot at North Carolina. He is athletic. He's fast. He has great hands. He's can go up and get balls. I, I, I would be looking for something more along those lines than like, I don't know. I, I don't want another chase Claypool. I, no. I don't want, I, I don't no. want that. I think it was very apparent last season. You make a great point that the Steelers had no speed. They had no explosiveness. Nobody was opening up the field. If you weren't throwing the football 40 yards to George Pickens and he was coming down with some insane catch, you weren't getting a big play. Like there were, there was no splash in Pittsburgh. You need splash. Calvin Austin is here to provide splash. Deontay Johnson is not a splash guy. Deontay Johnson's a 12 to 15 yard reception guy and he's open all the time. So, you know, that's that's the perfect role for that guy. George Pickens is your absolute monster down the field, but you have nobody to turn a small play into a big play except for Calvin Austin, who has zero NFL experience. Just to say that, like, you're looking for another Chase Claypool, another Juju Smith-Schuster, I agree with you. You're looking at the same offense that you've had the last two years, which has been nothing spectacular. You want a guy like Josh Towns. You want a guy like Jordan Addison. You want a guy like Zay Flowers. You want those guys who catch the football in seven yards and turn that into a 35-yard run. Like, that's that's who you're looking for. Those guys that operate well in space, that are great route runners, not just a physical guy in the middle. If you want to utilize that, and I think this is a good alternative, draft another tight end. Let Pat Fryermuth play off the ball more. Allow Connor Hayward to play off the ball more. Those are two big bodies that you could throw to in the middle that have very reliable hands that are very physical. That works way better than wasting a wide receiver spot on a guy who's 6'2", 220 pounds, who doesn't open up the field for you at all. And instead, grab a guy like Josh Downs, grab a guy like Jordan Addison, and open up the field. I just think that that works, that works way better for the Steelers, especially in, in an offense that... like it. Art Rooney said it during his press conference or his end-of-the-year media session. Mike Tomlin said it during his end-of-the-year media session. Omar Khan said it more than once. Matt Canada said it all season long that they got to score more points. You don't score more points by throwing five yard, five yards right. a, a play. You know, yeah. you just that just doesn't happen. If you're in crunch time and you need big plays, Kenny Pickett need to, needs to have somebody to throw the ball to. I agree with you. I think you got to go small. I also don't think there's options. Like, I look at right. I think that outside of Jonathan Mingo, there is no big bodied wide receivers in this draft that I feel comfortable with at all. And I don't even like Jonathan Mingo wasn't a guy on my radar until the Steelers brought him in for a visit. He wasn't a guy that I saw fit for the Steelers, I guess maybe, but I just, I think they need speed and I think they desperately need speed in the slot. I don't care what Calvin Austin is yet. He hasn't proven anything. He could turn into a complete bust. And if he does, you're stuck with Jonathan Mingo. 
Well, yeah. And, and, and so, like, it sounds really easy for us to sit here and say, find some explosive athletes who can, you know, turn those 5, 10-yard gains into 20 or 25. Yeah. That seems really easy. Like, yeah, no, no shit. You would want guys like that. Mm-hmm. But they haven't even taken chances on guys like that. They haven't exactly. even used kind of, like, valuable draft capital on guys who are explosive in that way. I mean, I, you could argue they did with George Pickens, but that's a different kind of thing, you know? That's a yeah, different, different type of explosive. Right. Like, and that's not a guy who's taking the top off of a defense. That's a guy who is making contested catches. And those are different mm-hmm. things. And it's not just that these big plays need to happen. They need to, they need to be regular. They need to be easy for Kenny to make that. That's what I think you're looking for more than more than just, I don't know, some guy who's going to get you some completions, you know? Yeah, that's exactly what, like, why are, why are you game planning to fight for third and fives? You know, why is that? Why is that the approach when your best offense, your best wide receiver of all time, Antonio Brown is not that guy at all. And ever since Antonio Brown, all the Steelers have tried to do is find a different Juju Smith Schuster. That's all they've been looking for is just a big dude who is just physically unmatched. Antonio Brown was the farthest thing from physically unmatched. He was just a phenomenal player who had a boatload of speed, who was so twitchy, who had made all the catches. You know, you you have opportunities in this draft to go find one of those guys. And I don't think that the draft is deep. I don't think that this wide receiver class is very good compared to others. But, I mean, if you, I'd rather take a chance. I think you have a much deeper pool to choose from and to see if you could actually land something than to just stick with the big body guys that you're like, eh, well, you know, we know this guy's physical and could catch four yard passes. And that's all we're really looking for. I just think it's a, it's, it's putting Matt Canada in a position to fail. It's putting Kenny Pickett in a position to fail. Just don't think it's uh, I just don't think it's the right move on the other side of that. They, they brought in Emmanuel Forbes and Tyreek Stevenson, Two very intriguing uh, players. Both of them could be available at the end of the first round. Some mock drafts have Manuel Forbes going before Joe Reporter Jr. I think Mel Kuypers did, actually, before the Pittsburgh Steelers at 17. I mean, does it show their hands? So far, the, the corners that the Steelers have brought in are Keely Ringo, Forbes, and Stevenson. They have not brought in Joey Porter Jr., although they've met with him at the, dra- at the combine. And they haven't brought in Cam Smith or Julius Prince, who are also expected to be like right in that first second round range. There are we are we getting a hint? Do we, you know, do you take anything away from these visits at all, or you just looking at it going? Oh, well, they're doing their homework on some cor- corners. I think they're just do, kind of doing their homework on some corners, but the, you know, then again, like you know, you don't just use a top thirty visit just to do your homework. You know, you can do your homework in other ways. Um, I. I don't know this corner. I feel like this corner market in the draft has gotten so mixed up ever since the draft or ever since the combine. Like no, yeah. like we arrived at the combine knowing okay there were four top corners, and that doesn't really seem to be the case anymore. It seems like there's a lot of fluctuation, um, just in kind of the the evaluation and the rankings of okay, where's Joey Porter compared to Devin Witherspoon compared to Christian Gonzalez compared yep. to whoever. And I think so. That's what leads me to believe that they are kind of doing their homework. I think they kind of see, and, and Omar Khan said this, I believe, yesterday, but that they're tracking what everyone else is doing, and you kind of have to do that. And I think that's part of what this is: is just gauging 
okay, we've seen other teams kind of go all over the board with their top 30 visits. We need to kind of get a read on who's going to be there. Like it might not be the same four guys taken same four corners, at least taken right before us that we might've thought there would have been. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think the Steelers look at this and say, there is a strong possibility that we are sitting there and 17 pops up and we don't have a pick. Like, the, our guys are gone. We have to make a move. At that point, you have to see, well, are there corners that we like just as much as we like the top three or four of them at 17? Or do we want to wait? Are we comfortable on waiting until 32? How many guys are still on the board? I think that they're just answering those questions because a Stevenson isn't going to go in the first round. So if you want him at 32, you could get him. Forbes might be in the first round, but there's a chance he might not be in the first round. At 32, you could possibly get him. Ringo's the same way. At one point, he was a top 10 pick. Now people are looking at him as possibly the 32nd pick in the draft. Like the Steelers are just doing their homework on those back end guys, I think, in the first round, which is super important. I would like to also have them bring in, you know, a Devin Witherspoon who didn't run the 40 at all during his draft process. Joey Porter Jr. I think Christian Gonzalez has gone way before them, so I don't even think there's a shot there. But I think if you bring those two in as well, at least then you could pick between those two and which one you like better. I'm going to toss out something, though. I think the Steelers are doing homework. And this is, excuse me, every time we're on here anymore, I'm getting sick. I think the Steelers are doing their homework to potentially move back. Because at 17, you're not going to get one of your top three left tackles or whatever you're probably not going to get one of your top two corners you might not get one of your top three corners do you just sit there and feel comfortable because you know i i i make it out to be a fantasy football draft that's how i look at everything as i try to relate it to myself if you are stuck with the fifth pick in your draft in your fantasy draft you are so unhappy about that pick you if there's 10 guys in your league and you have picked five you're pissed because right. there's nobody there, like five, yeah, somebody cool. But by the time that comes back to you, you got nobody. Right. You know what I mean? You're not getting top-end talent. At least at the end of the first round, you get boom, boom, back-to-back. Back. You know, the right. the first the first two, three picks, you're like, well, I got a first top three guy. Pick five, you're just like middle of the pack. That's how the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking at this. They have 32 already. Why would they? That's a first-round pick. Why would they need to stress about 17? They they have an opportunity, but 17 is not high enough up to move the needle and say we are permanently staying here. I think there's a possibility they move back, load up on maybe another second-round draft pick, move back to like 2022, and then a guy like Emmanuel Forbes, a guy like Tyreek Stevenson, you know, a guy like Jordan Addison or Josh Downs. Like that makes so much sense there to say. Let's go with this. Uh, and like, there's a lot of questions about Forbes, but dude, the guy had six interceptions last season. Like that's, right. you know, he's not a, he's not a nobody. Like the guy comes from, a, he's a ball hawk. If there right, and that's, has ever been one. And that seems perfect. Like, I don't know if you're going to take a corner right there. He's got to be kind of a game changer. I feel like if you're going to take a corner in the first round and yeah. that seems like what Emmanuel Forbes is, um, I don't, I don't hate the moving back. You could get a guy like Forbes. And that's goes back to what we started kind of this segment with is the Steelers are doing their homework to see if that's possible. If they can still get a game changer like that in yep. 
like earlier in the first round. Um, yeah. Because I, I think we've said this since the jump. This is kind of a pivotal draft. Like this is this first round pick. It, it, this has to be as high as the Steelers have picked in a while, right? Like seventeen is seventeen is the high. Yeah, is the highest in. Uh, I don't know, possibly sixteen years. I don't. Right. I don't know them all, but they, it's got to be real close, like real right. close. Because Kenny Pickett at twenty felt like the closest they've ever gotten to the top, like teens. Right. Right, like this is rare territory for them, and you, there's a bit of pressure to capitalize on this. So that's the one thing I I'm wary about when we talk about moving back is that don't sacrifice. I don't even know what the word don't sac. I guess don't sacrifice star power. Don't sacrifice that that game changing ability for value. And I think that's something yes. that a lot of organizations like the Steelers. I've seen the Patriots do this ever since Tom Brady left. Um, but sacrificing, uh, you, you know, just trading back just to trade back and just to get some like more picks and thinking, oh, we can get a guy who maybe outplays his draft position. No, you need a guy who in the first round plays to his draft position. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It, it, you need a guy that talented to actually be a star. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't think trading out of the first round is the move, but I think that at 17, there is a possibility. There is also a possibility, you know, and I, I'm agreeing with you, but there's a possibility that at 17, there's their guy, you know, whether it's Addison or Paris Johnson or Skaronsky or Joey Porter Jr. or whoever, but there's also a possibility that they're sitting there and they're going, yeah, we're going to reach on somebody. And there's, you yeah. know, let's, let's dip it back a couple of picks and then get our guy because they can't leave the first round. Just like you said, you have to look at this draft and say, we need at least one player who comes in here and makes a huge difference on this team in 2023. Like, we need significant impact from at least one guy. The rest of them, 32, 49, 80, and 120, they could be whatever you want them to be. Like, they could be right. developmental guys. They could be what 17s or wherever you pick in the first round has to be a guy that comes in here and is ready to start day one. Like, there's just no, there's no room for error there. So I agree. But that's the problem with 17 is I think that you look at 17 and you say, yeah, maybe there's a guy there or maybe like, you know, that's that's hitting that back end of the first round right on the money to the point where you're like, there's possibly going to be a guy there or we're going to get stuck with literally no one. But at the same time, like a guy like Kyle Hamilton went 14th, I believe, last last year in the draft. And if a guy like Kyle Hamilton, a, a.k.a. a Brian Branch or a Joey Porter Jr. or whoever is sitting there at 17, like that's a guy that you're like, well, this guy's just a, a ball. He's a football player. He's really good. You got to take a, a chance on him just to uh, address where they've picked the only time they've picked outside of Devin Bush moving up to, to take Devin Bush in 2019, which, you know, that was just that doesn't count. It was a terrible pick. It was a whiff. Yeah, it was a whiff. Huge whiff. Uh, the last time they drafted higher than 17 was 2014 when they took Ryan Shazier. Before that, the year before that, they picked 17th. They picked Jarvis Jones, which. Devin Bush might be Devin Bush might be the biggest whiff. Jarvis Jones is a very very right. close second, if not a first. Like they are, they are neck and neck, which is not I mean, good. But a couple of years earlier, Marquise Pouncey went eighteenth. So, yeah. look, I know I know Jarvis Jones is going to be on under contract for the Steelers next year. I can't say that about Devin Bush, right? Jarvis Didn't Jarvis Jones. Jones? Shouldn't Jarvis Jones sign? To, oh, I'm 
Jameer Jones signed like a Jameer Jones. Yeah, I was going to say Jarvis Jones has not been in the NFL for uh, <laughs> quite some time. Quite yeah, some mind. time. His career lasted nah, not very long. <laughs> not very, <laughs> I don't think he made it to TJ Watt. Uh, but if he did, TJ Watt ended his career when he was drafted four years later. So yeah. wasn't uh wasn't good. But hopefully 17 is different. And I think that's the thing is, you know, Jarvis Jones looked like an animal, looked like a complete monster. Sometimes that's risky, you know. Bud Dupree right. was another one. Bud Dupree at when was Bud Dupree? Twenty second. People had him projected way higher than 22nd, but there were concerns. Dude looked like a monster in college. Coming out, they draft him at 22nd. Everybody's like, this is a steal, blah, blah, blah. Turned into something, didn't turn into what they hoped to turn into and took a while to develop, but it looked like he was their best option at 17. I almost want the Steelers to be sitting in a situation where it's not their best option. They have to make a move on the guy that they feel is like the best available doesn't always work out. You know, right. sometimes it does in the case of a guy like TJ Watt, it does at 17. That's a dangerous spot to be sitting there and saying the best available. There's a reason the best available didn't go in the top 15. You know, there's yeah. a reason we're sitting here at 17 and this guy's still on the board. And I think mm-hmm. you have to be cautious with that. It does leave some worry. I think Joey Porter jr. Would be the guy that if you put, put everybody out there right now or jordan addison would be another one where you're just like eh, you know why didn't they go higher you know right. that's that's a huge question so i do i agree i think that that you gotta land somebody big but you can't just pull the trigger on who's ever in front of you right all right going off of all that everything we just talked about all the draft nuggets so on and so forth i as we've alluded to a dozen times on this podcast dropped my third mock draft yesterday not gonna lie i think it was pretty uh pretty good at this point in the off season i look at things and just say that if you follow the bread the breadcrumbs if you follow the trail it will lead you to at least where they're headed it doesn't have to be the exact pick but it's where they're headed right the breadcrumbs are super super there so just to break down we'll break i'll break down my top four picks here joey porter jr at 17 out of penn state you know we've come full circle Started with Joey mm-hmm. Porter Jr. and tried to go every other direction and came back to Joey Porter Jr. I took away from Tomlin saying Patrick Peterson is going to mentor somebody and that he's going to play safety as the Steelers don't really care about a safety. They want a corner. They want a star corner that they could turn into something unbelievable, the next superstar on the outside who could work with Levi Wallace for the next couple of years if they keep Levi Wallace around will work with Patrick Peterson this year, doesn't have to start immediately, but will make a huge impact. That guy, Joey Porter Jr., if he is available at 17, which is still a question mark, but if he is available at 17, the Steelers are going to look at this kid and they're going to say he is a super, super good human being. He is just a good guy, educated kid, has a good head on his shoulders. That's exactly what they're looking for. Physical freak. Fits every single physical element that you are looking for in a corner. Like that guy, he's just the guy when it comes to his physical attributes there. Add the fact that he's going to learn from Patrick Peterson for two years, learn from Minka Fitzpatrick, and his dad, who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, lives in town. That is just the combination for success. If Joey Porter Jr. is going to succeed anywhere, it's going to be in Pittsburgh. The Steelers know that. If he's there at 17, Easiest pick in the world. No questions about it. Easiest pick they could possibly make. 
at 32, North Carolina wide receiver Josh Downs, as we talked about earlier. Do you tell somebody that they have the cleanest workout you've ever seen? You're, you know, you obviously have a very high grade on this guy. At 32, I don't expect Jordan Addison to still be there. I don't expect Zay Flowers to still be there. I think Josh Downs is a guy that maybe he's not the the, the next wide receiver on the list, but I think he's close enough that the Steelers feel very comfortable with bringing him in. He's got inside-outside movement. He's you know capable of doing anything you'd want him to do on a football field, and I think he's a sleeper. On top of that, they have two North Carolina guys already. They seem to like their North Carolina athletes these days. Trends are always a thing with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I just think that he's uh, he's an option there, and it allows you to utilize those two slot guys, but also have two slot guys that can work outside as well. Calvin Austin might be five nine and a half, and the smallest wide receiver on a football field, but he could play outside, and he's proven it all throughout college. Josh Downs is the same way. Sticking in the second round, pick 49. I got Jamie Robinson out of Florida State. I think at this point you draft a safety, not too high on the list, but still good ones that are very, very available. Um, I also put a disclaimer in here. I, I think that it could be J.R. Brown out of Penn State. They went and visited him at his pro day the other day. They sent uh, Ter- Terrell Austin and Grady Brown. I just think that safety is uh, a very valuable pick here at 49. There's still all the safeties that you want on the board outside of probably Brian Branch. I think that Jamie Robinson's a, a guy who could play the nickel. He could play the slot. He's versatile. That's who they're looking for. That versatile chess piece to come in here, be able to play either safety position, also be able to play the slot if they need him to put him need to put him in the slot. He could work behind everybody, but you're not risking jumping the gun on one of these guys. I think Robinson's a guy who, you know, he's been kind of quiet on draft boards recently. I, I mean, if he's there at 49, I think he's an easy pick who could come in here, doesn't have to start year one, but could probably start year two and make that jump. Pick three, I've sat on this pick for three mock drafts now, and I'm not changing it. It's Siaka Ika out of Baylor, big dude in the middle. It just it, the draft is the draft works out so perfectly for the Pittsburgh Steelers when it comes to their defensive line because nobody's stressing about the fact that they haven't added a defensive lineman. Like they have, they're they're walking into the season right now without a nose tackle the entire draft outside of like a handful of guys are all nose tackles they are just javon hargrave built giant human beings who could plug the middle and they will all slide because of that nobody is all is gung-ho nobody is gung-ho on a nose tackle no team in the NFL is like, I have to draft this guy in the second round. I have to draft this guy in the first round. Everybody will sit because it's the easiest position to plug somebody into and just say, hey, what's your job? It's to stand right here. Just don't let anybody come right in the middle. It's, hey, just take up space. Take up space. And a lot of guys could take up space. I think that I think that Ika is going gonna, is gonna to slide like the rest of them. He's going to sit there at 80. He is the perfect, perfect example of what the Steelers want in the middle he's 335 pounds giant human easy question no questions about it and then at pick 120 in round four love this next pick Dorian Williams linebacker out of Tulane very high on your list a lot of other people's list dude is I, I I thought the Steelers I I still believe that the Steelers are very in on inside linebacker in the NFL draft the difference is I think that free agency shaped out enough for them where at one point they thought they were going to have to hunt Trenton Simpson down. Now they believe that they could take their foot off the gas a little bit and slow it down. 
Dorian Williams is a dude who he's a project, obviously, but he's a fourth round pick. Most fourth round picks are projects. On top of that, he's what well, he's a former running back, right? Who mm-hmm. has speed, has pass coverage ability. He's a hitter. Doesn't doesn't mind thumping somebody if need be. He there there's no pressure for him to come in and play a huge role for the Steelers this season. Just kind of work him in with Mark Robinson, allow him to play special teams, replace Marcus Allen. Easy pick. There's no question he's going to be there at 120. I think that's uh, honestly like a little bit of a, a reach for him, but I, I think that that reach is worth it. I think the Steelers are they are all in on inside linebacker. It's just a matter of when they'll go inside linebacker. Yeah, I mean, this was one of those guys at the Senior Bowl that just jumped right off the field. Like there was yeah. no missing him. He was he was really really good. Um, I, yeah, I I love those picks. Um, especially the fourth round pick. These are these are all really good fits. I I feel like um you know Porter's a slam dunk. Josh Downs, like we said, a new guy, like a kind of new guy on the Steelers radar, but yeah, wouldn't mind that at all. Same with Jamie Robinson. hadn't really uh, seen a whole lot of him kind of floating around the Steelers, but need a safety, you know, need some DBs and Siaka Ika, another like slam dunk. I feel like in that, in that round and at that position, um, this, th- that was a guy who, if I'm not mistaken, had some like first round buzz, a lot earlier. of first round buzz, right? Well, early. That's ahead. the thing. People are going to slide like these big mm-hmm. bodies are going to, you know, they're Jalen, they're Jalen Carter's and Will Anderson's and Will McDonald's will go fast because edge rushers rule the NFL. Nobody, you know, the, the fact that the list of defensive tackles to sign in free agency is so large is doing guys like Ika a, a whole lot of damage in the mm-hmm. NFL draft. Yeah. And, and do you want to run through your, your last two picks? Cause I like these, I like these ones too. When I was. Yeah. 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 So seventh round two thirty four. I have Brenton strange tight end out of Penn state. I think he, like I said, Alfredo Roberts showed up at his at his pro day. There's a, there's a reason there. I, I think it'd be weird if they triple dipped at Penn State if they went Brown, Porter Brown, and Brenton Strange. Too many Penn State guys, right? But you never know. I I just think that he's he's a de- developmental piece. I think he's a guy that he's not ready in year one, but he could come in here and he could block for you if you need him to. He's not going to catch a ton of passes. He's got to grow, but that is exactly what you're looking for. You want to see what you get out of Zach Gentry this season. You want Pat Fryermuth to take a huge step forward, like a huge step forward this year. This this should be Pat Fryermuth's like, I am a top five tight end in the NFL season. And I don't think Connor Hayward sticks at tight end. We talked about this the other day. I just think that, I think that they're going to use him as a tweener, like in the slot, off tight end, maybe some fullback. But I just, I expect... Connor Hayward to be a positionless athlete for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense this season. And I think that's fine. Like, I think that works to to Connor Hayward's strengths the most, but you bring in another tight end that you could develop. I don't know what Zach Entry's deal is, but I have a very hard time believing it's longer than two years if it's even two years. So I think Ben Strange is a guy that you could, that you could get late and feel very comfortable about it. And then Carl Brooks out of Bowling Green, man. The fact that this guy did not just skyrocket up draft boards after the senior bowl is bonkers. Yeah. The guy had probably the second best performance of the week at the senior bowl. I would say behind what's his name out of North Northwestern that I can never pronounce his name. Yeah, I can't remember that name either, but no, yeah, Carl, I, mean, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. But Carl Brooks went off the dude had a phenomenal week. I, when I was going through this, this mock draft, I was actually looking at late round 
defensive tackles and Carl Brooks's name came up and I was like, there's no way this guy isn't being viewed as like a fourth or fifth round pick. Nope. There are some people that expect him possibly to go undrafted. I think if you could get him at 241 in that seventh round, even if you swap Bretton Strange and Carl Brooks, right. that dude's a steal. And I think That's he's cool. got more upside than Isaiah Loudermilk. He could play in the middle if you need him to. I just I steal like I, it, a couple of years ago, they went Carlos Davis. People had very high hopes for Carlos Davis out of Nebraska. I think Carlos Davis could have turned into something and they liked him, but injuries kind of held him back. Brooks is another one of those guys that could come in here. He may be a little bit undersized, but doesn't matter. Dude could play. He's a baller. When you put him on the field against high end talent and plays like are in places like the senior bowl, he balls out. I just, I think that's a steal in the seventh. Yeah. Yeah, I love a guy who has played both on the inside and the outside at 300 yep. pounds. Like that's you don't find guys who move like him at that size um very very often. So I I I loved Carl Brooks when when we saw him at Senior Bowl and would love to see him in in the Steelers uniform later. Yeah. I I think that's uh that might be my favorite pick of the draft if if he does get drafted there. Uh, but it just shows like just like I said with Ika like Guys like that, they're going to slide. They're going to slide because the just the big men in this draft are not going to go as high as people want them to be. They never do. They always slide. But in a draft this heavy when it comes to defensive linemen and and a lot of guys are this good, you know, you're going to get some sleepers late. And I think Brooks is a dude, you, you know, you'll see Carl Dunlap like come into the media room after the pick with a big smile on his face. And <laughs> I could just see it. I could see it all happening now. So. Yeah. That's mock draft three. I got at least another one, probably two more coming out in the next month. Um, just to finalize it, my final projects always my last one or the final product, I call it. Um, last year, I got none of my picks right, but two years ago, I got almost all of them. So I just think that's the biggest difference is last year, I felt like we were guessing. It was There was no, outside of Malik Willis, you had no idea where the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to go. They just gave no signs. This year, for some reason, they're just like, hey, guys, here's, here's our draft plan. <laughs> yeah, like, have fun. Like, enjoy yeah. the ride. This is this is fun. And I think two years ago they did this as well, or a couple years ago they did this as well. Chase Claypool's draft, they did it heavy. And it was, it was easy to see they were going Chase Claypool. And I think it's the same this year with some of the positions. It's just a matter of identifying which guy they're going to go for at that position. So. We'll see what happens. Long way from the draft. More draft nuggets to come. Pre-draft visits are going to ramp up heavily in the next couple of weeks. And I would imagine that we still get news on Bud Dupree and maybe another free agent signing or two, possibly. We'll see what happens. I'll be back on Friday. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Uh, find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Like this video and check out all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com. Enjoy a beautiful week in the city of Pittsburgh. Peace. 